houses or cars whatsoever. Now he's good. Now he's good. He's still kind of looks mad, but he's good. Good. Let's pick out another one. Another camel. No. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judah, to Bethlehem, to the town of David, because he belonged to the house in line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. Repeat, repeat. 
Welcome to Christmas Eve with Perimeter Church. We are so glad that you have joined us for this special night, this unique night, and so thrilled that you're joining us from home as we join you from our home, so to speak. It's gonna be a great, great evening together. I've got the band here with me. Uh, you've seen the kids, the cookies, uh, the songs that we're gonna be singing, all celebrating what this season, what this night, what this holiday is about. And that's about our Savior, the one who brings joy to the world. And so here's what I'm hoping for us, that even though Christmas Eve is not what we would have expected, it's gonna be a night that's gonna be special. And it's gonna be filled with awe and with wonder. Not unlike what it was like for us as children, as we approach Christmas with this great joy and expectation. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flock at night. And an angel of the Lord appearing to them, and the glorifying of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to the God in the highest heaven and on earth. Peace to those on whom his favor rests. Jesus 
that mountain and sing it So all the nations can hear it Go up that mountain and sing Jesus is born Go up that mountain and sing it So all the nations can hear it said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. What child is this who laid to rest on Mary's lap? is sleeping whom angels greet with anthem sweet while shepherds watch our keep why lies he in such me
Let's go to our Father in prayer. 
Gracious Father, we are so thankful this Christmas season that you're a God who so loved your people that you sent your Son to save. That, Lord, your Son was one of such humility that he didn't count equality with you a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself. Taking on the form of a servant, Lord, you became like us. You experienced hunger and thirst, sorrow and sadness. You were tempted. And yet, Lord, you were perfect in every way. And Lord, we we look on this and we confess it's a mystery. We don't understand it. We can't comprehend it. And yet, Lord, we know that our very life is found in it. So, Lord, this season we ask, would you open our eyes? Would you open our hearts? Would you open our ears even more to you and who you are? Lord, we, we grieve this Christmas season that we can't gather together as a body to worship uh, tonight. We grieve with those who've lost family members and loved ones this past year due to the pandemic and, and other things, Lord. And we also grieve with those who maybe are worshiping this Christmas, uh, not with their loved ones, but apart. And Lord, we ask, would you, would you bring an end to this season? Lord, would you bring an end to this pandemic? Would you restore us to a time when we can be together in fellowship in full? But Lord, even as we grieve those things, we don't do so as those who don't have hope because we know the one who's loved us and we know the one in whom we believed, the King who has come and is coming again. And so Lord, we ask that you fill our hearts, not only with hope, but Lord, with joy, because we know in whose hands we rest. Would you do this in Jesus' precious name? Amen. This evening, we have the, the privilege to take part in a special offering. Every Christmas Eve, uh, we take the entirety of what you give tonight and we use it to, to support our deacons fund, which we use to give to those in need. But because of your generosity early this year, uh, our deacons fund is fully supported. And so we've decided to do something just a little bit different, something special, where every single thing that you give tonight, it's gonna go to supporting our community partners as they help those in need this Christmas season, providing clothing, housing, financial aid for those who are in crisis, and in a few moments, you're going to see on your screen the various ways that you can join in helping us in this project. And you can join us in helping to seek the flourishing of individuals, families, greater Atlanta and the world. And as we give, I'm going to invite you to just take a moment. You're about to get to hear a song that our worship team has created especially for tonight, especially for this season, especially for the series that we've just come out of. And I think it's going to bless you a lot. silent night a newborn baby cries lying in a manger oh the stars are bright as hope is birthed in life all creation is proclaiming worthy is the lamb of Of the Father, 
As a child, every Christmas morning started right here on the staircase. My sister and I naturally would wake up before our parents, eager to get downstairs. But we knew, based on their instructions, every Christmas Eve they'd say, if and when you get up before us, you cannot come downstairs. You have to stay at the top of the stairs. And so my sister and I would, would just sit there waiting. That was the name of the game first on Christmas morning. Wait, wait until you get the word that it's time. And so my dad would be getting the camera ready and we'd keep asking, can we come, can we come? Not yet, not yet. My mom would be getting the biscuits that we always ate on Christmas morning. She'd be getting those in the oven. One of them, I never knew which one, would get the Mannheim Steamroller CD, put it in, music would be playing. And our anticipation would be building. Is it now? Is it now? Can we come? Can we come? And what felt like forever, what was probably only five minutes, but to a little kid, that's forever. We'd finally get the word. My dad would yell up, or maybe some, sometimes it'd be my mom, and say, okay, you can come now. 
But dad had to be in place. Mom had to be in place. The cameras had to be ready. But when we got that word, now's the time. We would have a mad dash down the stairs to see who could get to that tree in the living room the fastest. We couldn't wait to see what would be there for us. And so we would turn that corner to see what was in store. This spot, this is what we were looking for. What was set up right here by the tree? Now, the way my parents always did it is they would have some presents wrapped, but many of the presents that we had maybe asked for most or even some surprises would be out by the tree unwrapped so that as we turned the corner and as we made our mad dash in, we'd see them and our jaws would drop and our eyes would get so big. And uh, when we were younger, we would squeal, we would scream, we would ooh and ah, and we wouldn't believe what we were seeing. Now, that word surprise, it's a key word that I want you to latch onto. The key word over there at the staircase was waiting. This one's surprise. That's what Christmas morning was all about for us as kids, right? It was this element of surprise. What were we going to see? What would be ours? My parents always did a good job of surprising us with gifts that we didn't ask for. There was always the gifts, gifts that we would see and go, oh, wow, I can't believe I got what I asked for. But there were always those one or two that usually were unwrapped that we'd see and we'd go, wow. One year it was, um, it was a punching bag with boxing gloves, Sugar Ray Leonard boxing gloves for me. And I thought that was the coolest thing ever. Spent the rest of that morning just punching that bag. Another year, it was uh, soccer goals that, uh, that were in the backyard. Santa had written a little note and said, I have a surprise for you in the backyard. And so such surprise that was a part of that. Now, when I was a little bit older, beginning of high school, not, not the ooing and aahing and the squealing, but there was one gift that year that stuck with me more than any other year. And it was a surprise gift. It was a guitar. Looked a lot like this one right here, uh, same coloring. And I saw it sitting there and I thought, I didn't ask for that. I wondered why they had given me a guitar. I thought it was cool, uh, but here was my memory. I remember thinking when I was little, I took three years of piano lessons and I hated every minute of it. I, I really don't wanna do the musical thing again. But my parents had gotten me this and they had surprised me with it. Now, I didn't know what to do with it. That's the other word I want you to think about right now. Why? That key word, why? Waiting, surprise, why? There were many Christmases where I, I didn't know why I got the gift I got. That guitar was a great example of that. And so what I would do is I would act really happy and I'd give a smile as best I could. And then I'd say to my parents, thank you. And then I'd put it down and I'd move on to the next gift. I didn't really understand why they had given me that guitar. And so with that, my guitar just sat there for months after that Christmas. It sat in the corner of my room and as I would be in my room doing whatever, homework, whatever it may be, every now and then I'd look over there at it and I'd wonder, yeah, what must it be like to play that guitar? Um, but I didn't think I ever would. And to be honest, I didn't have all that much interest. 
But there was this one particular time that I do remember where I was in my room, sitting in my bed, probably doing some homework, something like that. And for whatever reason, my, my curiosity, my interest started peaking with this guitar. I picked it up, I started trying to play it, and, and it was a mess, nothing sounded good. And I remember going down the stairs and asking my mom for, uh, you know, for lessons, is there something that I can do to begin to learn this? And so she connected me with a guy who taught me the, the basic chords, gave me a few lessons, enough for me to understand how to play it. But it was still pretty frustrating because my fingers wouldn't do what I wanted them to do. But I kept trying, I kept sticking with it. And over time, here's the point, over time with that gift from that Christmas morning that I didn't really understand why or what it was all about, I started learning how to play that thing. And this guitar, for over 25 years now, has been an unbelievable blessing to me. I have been able to play songs that I never thought I'd be able to play, and it has brought me so much joy. Now, here's why I tell you all that. Those four key words, waiting, surprise, why, and what, that was the last word. What, what do I do with this? Those are significant because I think those give us a bit of an analogy, an allusion to the true Christmas story. Because the true Christmas story is that God had promised many, many, many years before Jesus ever came that there would be one who was coming, who would make all things right. But God's people had to wait. Much like my sister and I waiting at the stairs, is it now, is it now, is it now? God's people were eager they were eager. Is he coming? When is he coming? What will he be like when he comes? And so Jesus, Jesus is the long-awaited Savior. But when he came, it was a great surprise on so many levels. Because God's people, they expected to turn the corner, so to speak, and see a Savior that they had expected. But what they got was something totally different. They got something that they didn't ask for. They got something they weren't expecting. They got a savior, not born in a palace in royal robes of purple and not with fanfare and all that comes with that. They got the king of the universe, the son of God in the flesh, born with no acclaim in a stable, in a manger with shepherds. Shepherds the lowest of occupations in first century Israel. God was saying from the very beginning, it's time, but the king who has come, the long-awaited king, savior that you've been waiting, he's coming in a way that you haven't anticipated. He's bringing a kingdom that you desperately need, but you don't realize you need it. It's a kingdom of sacrifice and service, selflessness, it's a kingdom that's coming through this baby Jesus who would grow into this adult, this young man, this carpenter from Nazareth, who would give us all kinds of reasons as to why he came. Remember, there's the third word, why. Why did he come and why was God coming in the way that he was? And Jesus told us a lot I want you to start noticing this as you read through the gospel accounts of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and even really throughout the, the whole New Testament. 
It tells us time and time again why Jesus came. There were many times that Jesus would say, I came to or I came for this reason. Let me give you a few examples. One of the things he says is he came, he says, I came not to be served, but to serve and give my life as a ransom for many. Again, establishing that he is a servant king and that he is ransoming a people to himself, that through his serving us, that would ultimately end in death on a cross, that we too would be servants of him and servants of everyone around us. It says that he came to bring peace. Peace being not just peace as, as absence of war, but peace being, meaning uh, fullness of life. That he came to bring uh, what the scriptures tell us time and again is shalom, completeness, wholeness, the emptiness that we feel, the peace that we long for is found in him. Tells us too that he came to be worshiped, that he came to be worshiped as the worthy king. I think about that from just the fact that it tells us right there in Matthew 2, this is a common verse at Christmas time that says, This is talking to the wise men. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they fell down and worshiped him. They opened their gifts, their treasures. They offered him gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. Jesus came to be worshiped. And then there's that fourth word. What? So what do we do with him? What do we do with him? We know why he came. And by the way, uh, just a little plug here, but I want, you to, I want you to go to the website and check this out on, on perimeter.org forward slash Norris. A uh, little page that I've created there as a part of our church website. I've posted all the verses that tell us why Jesus came. And so go check that out when you have time. But even if we know why he came, there's still the question of what. It's a lot like this guitar. I didn't really know why my parents gave it to me. I had not asked for it. But then even once I had it, I, was, I had that thought, what do I do with this? And so, like I said, it just sat there unplayed, collecting dust. You know, it's, it's hard for me to not make the analogy of how that's Jesus to many of us. Jesus is this, this person, this thing, this, this God-type thing that we kind of know about. Uh, we don't really know why, why he's important. And maybe if we do understand at some level, we're not exactly sure what to do with him. Maybe, perhaps, we pick him out once a year. You know, we pick him up, we dust him off Christmas time, maybe Easter, and we play a little bit, and, but it doesn't do much for us, and it's not a beautiful song. But here's what I want to tell you. When we begin to understand why Jesus came, we also begin to understand what we're to do with him. And here's what we do. We start engaging with the person of Jesus in a way to say, if you, are, if you are who you say you are, then it changes everything. If you are the one who brings abundant life, if you are the one who brings peace, if you are the one who saves sinners, if you are the one who makes all things new, if you are the one who is the light of the world, if, 
if you are the one who brings joy everlasting, then what do I do with you? There's one simple answer. We worship him and we let him, through faith in him, put his song of joy in our hearts. I think about that guitar. Once I learned how to play, once I gave myself fully to this instrument, the songs that would come out of it brought such joy to my heart and have been for years upon years upon years. Jesus wants to give us the music of the gospel, the good news that he came not for the righteous, but for the sick, for those that they need, know that they need something more, something that will fill them to the core and make all things new. I think about those Christmas mornings. I think about the surprise and the anticipation and the longing. But the reality is, is that no matter what the gifts were, almost every gift I ever got, I got tired of. But not that guitar. I still play it today. It sits in my bedroom. I pick it up. It brings me so much joy. Would you pick up Jesus, so to speak? Would you give yourself fully to him? I can remember thinking, man, my fingers are finally doing what I want them to do as I try to play these chords. Maybe you feel that way in your heart, that once you fully give yourself to Jesus, you start going, wow, my heart is finally doing what I've always longed that it would do. There's a sense of joy and of peace. Abundant life, as Jesus calls it, only found in him. And here's the best part. The best part is that as he fills us, as we experience his song of joy and the gospel, the good news of what he brings, it's not just for us. His light, his glory, his joy, yeah, it's for us, but it's to be displayed through us to everyone around us. That's the story of Christmas. This light, this joy who comes to fill us, to live through us to a world that desperately needs a song of joy. So there's a reason why we do this very special thing that we do every Christmas Eve at Perimeter. When we do what is, for those of you that have been with us, you're probably your favorite part of Christmas Eve, which is where we light the candle and we sing Silent Night. And the reason we do that is because it signifies so much. Even thinking about what I just shared with you about that guitar that I got that Christmas and how uh, a guitar is a gift that I didn't realize what all it was gonna be for me, but it's not a gift just for me. It's a gift uh, to play, to play for others so that others may be blessed by the joy of the music that it brings. You know, Jesus tells us that he's the light of the world. And so one of the reasons that we light a candle is to say that he is the light in me. He's the one who brings joy to my life, but he's a light through me to bring joy to your life, to the, to the lives of all that God has put around us. And so we light these candles so that light may fill the room. If you've been with us before on Christmas Eve, you've seen that. You've, you've seen how powerful it is to, to see one candle 
start this whole chain of lighting another candle and another candle and another candle to where before long, and this is my favorite part of when we're gathered together, the whole sanctuary is filled with light from all these candles put together. But let me tell you something. I'm even more excited about the way we're lighting candles tonight. And if you haven't gotten your candle yet, hopefully you've already been scurrying and you know I've been talking about candles and kids, you've been saying to your parents, it's time to get the candles out of the box, the Christmas at home box. So do that if you haven't already. And you also have your Advent candles that hopefully you've been lighting along the way of Advent season. And if you don't have the box and you haven't been lighting those Advent candles, it's okay. Grab any candle that you have. And if you don't have a candle, get your phone. Get something that puts out light, that reminds us that Jesus is the light of the world. And this is what I'm so excited about, about this candle lighting 2020. It's because usually we're gathered in one room. But this time, we're gathered in all kinds of rooms and all kinds of houses throughout this city and really throughout this nation. Many of you are joining us from lots of different cities, not even America, all over the world. And with that, what we're signifying when we light this candle and we pass it to the person to the next of us, we light more candles is we're saying, this light of Jesus in me, the music of his joy in me, I'm spreading to you to be the light of the world, Jesus. So that's why we light candles. He's the hope of the world. He's the joy of the world. He's the light of the world. And so we light our candle to celebrate, to celebrate that Jesus, who is the light of the world, has come for me, and he's come for you.
Let's blow our candles out so we don't burn our house down. Let me just say, wow, what a special night together. It's been, uh, it's been a great time of worship, of celebration, of joy this holiday season. I wanna thank you for joining us, taking the time with you and your family and loved ones around you to celebrate Jesus, the light of the world. If you're new with us with Perimeter Church, go to our website, perimeter.org, click on the Start Here link, learn more about our church. We'd love to come alongside you in every way to help you get plugged in here. Uh, January 3rd, we're starting a new teaching series through the book of Titus for the month of January. We'd love for you to tune in and come in person if you're able for that series. You can find out all the information for those things on our website, www.perimeter.org. Now receive the Lord's benediction, which is His blessing over us. Now to the one, the one who has come, the one who is Emmanuel, God with us, the light of the world, the hope of glory, Jesus. May He bless you and may He keep you and may He cause His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may He lift His countenance upon you give you his peace, both now in this holiday season and forevermore. To his glory, amen. And with that, I want to wish you and your home a very Merry Christmas.